Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Without further ado, good friend of mine, one of the best in the business, Stefania Bell, joining us. Stefania, it's, uh, I actually, I don't think you and I have spoken since, um, and since our our world has been turned upside down, how are you doing, my friend? I, I don't think I have either. I thought that you came back talking about settling the dogs, and I've got my my rescue puppy that I adopted sitting next to me, and I was just thinking the same thing. I hope that we don't have a barking fit. Oh, please! <laughs> just right this. before right before you came on. So I don't know about you. I'm addicted to Amazon. I get like I get like three deliveries a day. Can't so here's a, I <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't stay I can't stay off of Amazon. I'm now addicted to TikTok. <laughs> yeah, marinating that, marinating that for a minute. Um, yeah, I, I do all these. I know I do all these silly, stupid videos with my dogs, um, but I have a ton of fun. I'm addicted to it. It's so fun. And um, so anyway, I, I I have I just I got a delivery uh, right before uh, you came on, and my yeah. dogs went crazy. So yeah, well, if I get a delivery, you're going to know about it. So okay. <laughs> All right. And and here's the thing. God bless uh, that that you went and you rescued a dog. Do you know? Do you know that there are more people in need of fostering and rescuing animals right now than there are animals available? So you know, I, if, if ever I, there's a silver lining in this whole thing, th- that's mm-hmm. it. It's amazing, and he's been an awesome companion. And all this work I've been doing the last few weeks and having to get creative and do it remotely just like everybody else's. Um, it's been wonderful to have this puppy by my side. I adore him. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> oh, so again, Stefania Bell joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Okay, a number of things I want to I want to chat with you about. Uh, but first and foremost, let's talk about E60 Project 11, the Alex Smith story um, that was trending yesterday and last night because it really is remarkable um, for folks out there that are listening that uh, aren't aware that this documentary exists. Why don't you kind of uh, give them a little insight in what it's about? Well, uh, essentially, Alex Smith got hurt in November of 2018, uh, had a bad leg fracture and uh, the injury itself looks bad enough, but unfortunately, because he had a compound fracture where the, you know, essentially the bone goes through the skin and creates a wound, and that introduces the opportunity for any element from that environment to enter that wound. And, and keep in mind, they were playing at FedEx Field. It was uh, muddy and standing water because it had rained. There's... Uh, sweat, there's dirty uniforms, and all of that has the potential to enter that. Right. Between all the elements that are uh, contaminating on a football field, and he had an open wound. And that really was the source of the infection, they believe. And, uh, you know, everything looked good after surgery. They did all the right things initially, but about two days later, he spiked a fever, and um just things began to get worse and it was touch and go for a while for him as far as his life. I mean, they were in life-saving mode and then, uh, you know, essentially without giving away the whole documentary, they basically, uh, obviously <laughs> saved his life. Oh, here we go. I, must have something <laughs> I love it. It's so, fine. Um, we, 
they were able to save his life, but there was still some uncertainty about whether uh, he'd be able to keep his leg. They had uh, a number of surgeries they had to do in the process of dealing with the infection that compromised a lot of the muscle tissue in his lower leg where the fracture had been. And so this uh, piece takes you on the journey of all the decision making um, from essentially from the time of the injury forward. And you also we also get into Alex's life leading up to this. So we really tried to give you some insight into the person that is Alex Smith. And by the way, after spending a year and a half with him and his family working on this, uh, I can tell you that he is just as decent of a human being as you'll ever meet and uh, very positive and very consistent and also laser focused and incredibly driven. And uh, I think that if you watch the piece, you, you will see all of these aspects about Alex Smith. Yeah, it's 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 really sensational, and in, in, in you and, and ESPN and the, the folks who produce E60, and it's 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 just it's so well done. And I'll be honest with you, I'm sure you feel the same way. Like based on on how successful the Michael Jordan documentary is has been, and we have episodes five and six coming up tomorrow. On top of this, on top of the way that the NFL draft broadcast went off seamlessly. Um, I'm really, really proud of our network and, and, and the work that a number of people are doing in, in such trying times. So congratulations, my friend. I'm really proud of you, and I'm really proud of this project. I think it's excellent. Oh, well, thank you. And I hope, I, I think, you know, one of the reasons it may have resonated with so many people, and I grant you, we understand there weren't a lot of options. So some people may have been watching it because they didn't have much else, and you're looking for something in the sports world to latch on to. But I think... It is inspirational, and it is a story of perseverance and hope, and I think people are looking for things like that right now, and, and, and it may have actually resonated even more with folks just given the times we're living in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Stefani, before I let you go, um, I just want to get your, your take on a few other things. Actually, I've, I've received a few calls today talking NFL and, and some question marks in regard to, you know, why hasn't Cam Newton found a team? Why does anybody want Andy Dalton? I, I, I think both circumstances are different. And again, I'm assuming here, uh, curious to get your thoughts. Like, do you, do you feel that a, a big reason why Cam Newton has not found a landing place yet is because of COVID-19 and Teams, medical staffs have not had an opportunity to, to spend some time with him and evaluate him. Is, is that is that one of the big reasons? I mean, I don't know for sure. I'm not privy to that, but I certainly believe that's at least a significant part of it. When you're talking about an athlete who missed all of last season, all of the regular season, and was coming off an injury with his shoulder that he had surgery before, so he, you know, he had had shoulder surgery heading into 2019. There were some question marks about his shoulder. He injures the foot in a preseason game, never really gets back and ends up having surgery on his foot. And I think when that's the most recent information on you, uh, it's hard for teams to sign off when they aren't able to do that sign off in person. And because of travel restrictions, uh, players who were involved in trades have not, for the most part, been able to do physical. So unless they had an agreement that a third-party uh, physician who was local to them could handle it, or unless those things were handled before all the travel restrictions were in place, the opportunity has not happened. And I've spoken with a couple of NFL physicians who have been very candid with me that they're not going to sign off for their team on behalf of their organization and be responsible to a contract 
when they've never laid eyes or hands on that person from the medical uh, evaluation perspective. So I think when you have an injury history like Cam's, it's certainly a big part of it. I'm sure. Um, and, and last thing, I, I had Ramona Shelbourne on a little bit earlier. We were talking about the NBA, and, and obviously this goes beyond the NBA. The NBA is having discussions. Major League Baseball is having discussions. Uh, the NFL is is moving forward anticipating that hopefully come September, I actually think the league's going to start in October, uh, that things will be a little bit further along and back to normal. Who knows? But there is the idea, and, and especially right now uh, with with the NBA, um, having all the players um, kind of live in this bubble. And um, whether it's Las Vegas or whether it's Orlando, the sports complex, and, um, you know, being tested every day and, and, you know, and, and keep in mind, and I, I know you're aware of this, it's not just the players, it's, it's, it's the coaching staff, it's the doctors, it's the physical therapists, you know, Ramona and, and I were discussing, you know, will, will media be allowed? You know, will like, you know, will, will ESPN ask Ramona if this was to happen? Like, Hey, Ramona, will you leave your family for three months and go live in this bubble on the strip? in Las Vegas and cover the NBA. I, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm sure you've, you've heard about these discussions, you know, as, as somebody who's in the medical profession, you know, do, do you feel that, do you feel that this is what needs to happen in order for leagues and sports to start up again? I honestly don't know. I think the rules change for how we get through this on a daily basis. And uh, the, the problem is if, if we understood the, uh, disease better, and we knew how it would respond, and we we knew uh, more about the pattern and what to expect. We could set a plan, and the problem is everybody's uh, you know kind of throwing darts at ideas without any certainty behind them, and that's no one's fault. It's just what you're trying to do when you're dealing with a pandemic that has people puzzled about what the future holds. You know, in addition to all the people that you mentioned, don't forget the officiating crews. I mean, what happens there? The officials have to be exposed. They're, you know, they're exposed to the players. They're right up there with them on the field. Uh, what happens with them and how do you rotate officiating crews? You're going to make them stay away as well. As, there's a lot to consider. I think people think players, players getting back on the field, what happens with the players, but there are a lot of other folks who are involved in terms of putting on an event uh, that have to be taken into consideration. And liability, you hate to say it, but it's always a factor. It just is. What if everything gets laid out and then somebody gets sick and there's a major problem? It, I think those are all the conversations that are happening in the background that, of course, we're not necessarily privy to. But these are all the unknowns. And at some point, I do believe something's you know, things have to start moving at some point, and I don't. We're not going to have all the answers, and we've heard the NBA say that they don't believe that you know testing, universal testing is the answer, especially when universal testing isn't available for everybody else. So, uh, I don't know that there is a right answer. I think that I, I commend the NBA for the way they've handled everything. I mean, after all, if it weren't for the situation in the NBA. Uh, people might not have come to a halt as much as they did. I, that was really the, the thing that started it. So I think everyone's trying to be responsible, but uh, it's no matter what form it comes back and 
when that happens, there's still going to be unanswered questions. It's not going to be a perfect scenario. You know, I had a I, I recorded a podcast with Michael Collins, aka the Caddy. Mm-hmm. If you do, if you do follow golf on ESPN, oh, I, he's, oh, I, oh, I know. No, no, I know you do. I'm just smart <laughs> listeners out there. He's known. He's known as the caddy. He's like he's like a, a roving reporter on the tour. And so I did a podcast with him. You can listen to the podcast. By the way, it's very very informative. Um, on our 98.7 ESPN website, um, shameless plug, not so shameless. Um, but what I want to share with you is, um, so the PGA Tour is supposed to kick off at Colonial in Texas um, in six weeks. And so he said he's 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 made some calls out there to, to talk to some of the, the you know government officials and those to like, okay, so um, where are the players going to stay? Um, mm-hmm. We have a few, we have a, the response was we have a few hotels picked out. Okay, well, so how is that going to work? Is nobody else going to be in those in, in those hotels? Is it only going to be um, the golfers and their caddies and their families? And then what about your hotel staff? Like your hotel staff's going to be quarantined. They're not going to be able to go home, right? Well, like we well we really haven't we really haven't made right. decisions on that yet. You're, you're, I mean, Stefania, they're six weeks away. Like like what do you mean right. you haven't made decisions on that yet? So I, I mean, just just to kind of give you a little brief share a little brief part of the podcast it's very very it's 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 fascinating to me you're six weeks away and and you know government officials um in texas haven't you know crossed their t's and dotted their i's in regard to how all that how how are you going to host a pga tour event like really the the logistics of all these things is incredibly uh, challenging and i think the other big challenge is you're talking about people who have to move. So even if people are coming to an area, let's say people are coming to Texas, they're coming from all different places. You have to decide how you're going to address that. I mean, the, everything has to be uh, come to resolution through regional practices. And I, I think, uh, you know, the NFL is certainly looking at that in terms of that's why they have an independent third-party physician can do physicals if it doesn't involve travel, because there's just this idea that some things can happen regionally. There might be, I I know some orthopedic surgeons who've gone back to doing elective cases where they were shut down from doing that for several weeks. So you can see that things are returning to some level of function, but when you're bringing people in and moving people across regions, that's when things get even trickier. And I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for the major sports leagues, because it's either you're dealing with people moving from one region to another, which presents a certain kind of risk, or you're trying to tell people, uh, yeah, you're going to be uh, holed up here for X amount of time. And once you're here, you can't depart. And that probably means everybody who's associated with that league. It's 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 really fascinating. It's really interesting um, how this uh, how the, hopefully how this all plays out, and hopefully we'll have sports back in action um, more so sooner than later. By the way, I I, I took the antibodies test yesterday. Um, I I through Quest Diagnostics. Um, I came back mm-hmm. negative. I came back negative negative. So a, a part of me a part of me wanted to have the antibodies. Right. Although here's what I would say: because they don't know how the body uh, will, whether the antibodies, like what the the length of protection from said antibodies would be, um, there could be a false sense of security because, look, there are some things you develop antibodies and you're resistant to for uh, 
a year or two and some things you're resistant to for a lifetime. And, and because this virus is new, we don't know, even if you've been previously ill, exposed, developed antibodies, how long if that protection will last. And so the last thing you want to do is have people say, well, I got the antibody test. I've got the antibodies. So I'm going to, I'm immune. And, and you really have to still practice uh, distancing and, and wear PPE and all those things because we just really don't know what the immunity is really going to be, even if you have these antibodies that have been developed. My friend, thank you so much for giving us uh, some time on this Saturday afternoon. Really do appreciate you. And again, really, really proud of you and your work. If you haven't seen the documentary, I highly recommend you do so. E60 Project 11, all about Alex Smith, quarterback Alex Smith, uh, and, uh, and his, um, how would you? Journey. Would, his journey his and his struggle um, to get back into the yeah. NFL. Uh, thank and, you, my friend. Uh, yeah. Thank you. You can catch it uh, tonight at 6 p.m. or tomorrow at uh, 11 p.m. after the airing of The Last Dance on ESPN2, both tonight and tomorrow. Fantastic. Great to, great to hear your voice. And, uh, and, Same. And, and so glad, nice glad, glad that you have a new buddy. What's his name, by the way? His name is Rico. Oh, Rico Suave. Rico Suave. <laughs> Rico I love it to be a rescue from Puerto Rico, and that was his name, and I loved it. So it I sucks. love it. I could hear, I could, I could hear the happiness in your voice, in the joy <laughs> that he brings you, and it's so awesome. Thank you, my friend. Take good care. Stay safe. You got it. She's Stefania Bell. Um, Dan, Jeff, hang tight. We'll get to your calls as soon as we get back. Ninety eight point seven ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven ESPN.